Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is the word of the Lord. Let's just all pray together. Heavenly Father, we delight in your word of life. That word which nourishes us, shares the good news that you brought us to. And so we now pray that that good news, that that resurrection life may infiltrate our lives and that through the words Beth speaks and through the anointing you will pour out upon her, we may have changed lives here this morning. Lives challenged, lives encouraged, but more than anything, lives which go out from these doors to take you into the world. Amen. If you've got your Bibles open, um, keep them there. Keep an eye on what I'm saying. Now, our reading this morning, it started behind locked doors. I'm on, aren't I? Yeah, good. In that case, I shall carry on. So our reading this morning started behind locked doors. Have you ever thought about why they were hiding? We read these words so often. But really, they must have been terrified. Just think about what those disciples had been through. Imagine the confusion about what had happened. And their terrible, terrible fear that the soldiers might turn up at any moment and discover them. Imagine if before I started talking, I'd had to check all the doors if I'd looked around to make sure that there were no unfamiliar faces. Just imagine how scared they must have been. And I wonder if they were also reflecting on all that had happened and and trying to make sense of it. Reflecting on those things that we heard about during the baptism. You see, the disciples knew that Jesus Christ had come into the world, lived among them, and demonstrated God's love. They'd heard him explain that he was opening up the way to the Father. And that that was why he had struggled and suffered, but I don't think they really understood that yet. They had been there as Jesus had endured the terrible agony of Gethsemane and the darkness of Calvary. They'd seen the nails driven through his hands and they had heard him cry, it is finished. And they had seen the soldier pierce his side. There was no doubting it. They knew that their Lord had died on the cross. And yet, 
And yet, that morning, Mary had come running. The tomb's empty, she'd said. Well, Simon, Peter and John, off they went. They had to go and see. And there it was. It was empty. And then they'd gone back to the disciples and Mary had come again. She'd said, I have seen the Lord. I wonder, what would you have been thinking? So there they are, confused, excited, scared. The doors are locked. And then it happens. He's there. Jesus is there. Peace be with you, he says. Well, I think they needed it right now. Peace be with you, he says. And then, look what he says next. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, is that what you'd have expected him to say? The first thing he says, he turns up and he gives them a really important job. We have a group of frightened, scared individuals hiding behind locked doors, and he says to them, right then, I'm sending you out there. But God knew what he was doing. Because first of all, if you look down at your Bible, you'll see that God granted them the perfect peace that passes understanding that only God can give. And then they're invited to join in God's great Trinitarian mission to the world. Despite their fears, they are sent out by the Father in unity with the Son and in the power of the Spirit. There was no doubting it. Jesus, the crucified one, the risen one, was sending them out. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. I wonder how you'd have felt I wonder how that makes you feel today. This young underground church hiding behind locked doors. Well, now it was an underground church with a mission, empowered by the Holy Spirit. What about us? Our doors are shut. I don't think they're locked, but they're certainly shut. Are we hiding in here? I wonder, what are we afraid of? In fact... I wonder how many of us really believe it. I, did Jesus really die and rise again? Do we really believe that he was and is the son of God? Do we believe that we too are being sent out in unity with Jesus and empowered by the spirit? Well, maybe you do, or maybe you've got more than a little sympathy with somebody else with Doubting Thomas. Jesus appears to Thomas. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, 
Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. The purpose of John's Gospel. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. So, Doubting Thomas. That's how we know him, isn't it? Sometimes we even say that someone's a bit of a doubting Thomas because they don't really believe. But have you ever thought just how unfair it is to sum up somebody completely by just one thing they said? All we know is Thomas said, I will not believe. So I thought in order to get our heads around this and to understand really what's going on, it was probably worth giving him a fair hearing, wouldn't you say? So if you've got your Bibles, flick back a few pages. Let's see when else we meet Thomas. On page 1022 in John chapter 14, then we see Thomas really engaging with what Jesus had to say. So Thomas was one of the disciples. He'd followed Jesus round. He'd seen the miracles. He'd heard the teaching. And here in John chapter 14, Jesus is trying to comfort them. And he says to them that he is going ahead to prepare a place for them. And you can just imagine the disciples all sitting there going, oh, yes, yes, thank you, Jesus. And then Thomas, Jesus, I don't understand. Jesus, we don't know where you're going. So how can we... How can we know the way? How can we come to? Well, I'm rather glad he said that. Because have you noticed what happens next? If it wasn't for Thomas asking that question, we'd never have heard this fantastic bit of teaching when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I think that Thomas asking questions was really important. I think it matters today. And that's why here in Camborne we have many small groups who meet week by week to really delve into the Bible. It's why the Alpha Course has been such a success around the world. If we're really going to engage with what God wants for us, then we've got to dare to ask the questions, just like Thomas did. I think he's a bit of a hero of mine. What else? Well, flick back a few more pages to page 1018 in John chapter 11. So here... The disciples have just heard about the death of Lazarus. They're heartbroken. And then Jesus says, right, let's go to Bethany. Go to Bethany. You can almost imagine them thinking it. Don't you realise how dangerous that'll be, Jesus? There are people out there who want to get you, and we're going right back towards where those people are. And you know what Thomas says? Thomas carefully weighs up all the facts, looks Jesus in the eye and says, Okay, Lord, if you say we're going to Bethany, no matter what, I'm coming with you. What an amazing guy. I wonder, do we dare do that? I've been really excited during Lent. I've been learning a lot about the church in North Korea. 
And uh, this person up here is one of the people who has been smuggling Bibles into North Korea. It's illegal to be a Christian. It's illegal to own a Bible. And yet, there are people who are escaping from that cruel regime, learning about God, getting medical supplies, getting Bibles, and crossing the border and going back in there. And apparently, there are about 4,500 secret Christians hiding behind locked doors, up in the mountains to meet, and having secret, secret church services. I think Thomas was like one of them, one of God's really brave people, empowered by the Spirit and able to do that. So I don't think that we should call him Doubting Thomas. Questioning brave Thomas, maybe. And I think we should cut him some slack when it all goes wrong and he doesn't quite know what to think. I really don't blame him, do you? And actually... Even then, I think he handled it pretty well. He didn't run away from it all. He listened to what the other disciples had said. We have seen the Lord, they said. And despite his doubts, despite his confusion and the questions, well, he stayed with them. And they made him welcome. Because look at verse 26. A week later, they were still all together. He didn't just walk off and say, you guys are nuts, I'll see you. Okay, this makes no sense, but let's see what happens. And when he said, I won't believe unless I see the nail marks, he wasn't saying, I'm not going to believe unless I see a miracle. (laughs) He'd seen loads of miracles. What he needed to hear is what happened. Because Jesus appeared, told him the words he needed to hear, gave him the sight he needed. And then look at what Thomas said. My Lord and my God. So Thomas took the opportunity that was open to him. And maybe this morning you're here too, looking for an opportunity to meet with Jesus. You want to hear from credible witnesses as we read the Bible and as we share our stories. Certainly, no matter your doubts, you are very welcome here. Just like Thomas was welcome in that first hidden underground church so maybe it's here amongst friends that you're going to meet with Jesus and when that happens it can change your life look at what Thomas said he didn't just say yes I believe you're risen he said my Lord and my God for Thomas this meant acknowledging that Jesus is alive Jesus is God and that God is sending him out And you know what? It's told that Thomas was the one who took the gospel to India. And here in Camborne, we are really blessed by having brothers and sisters from India who share this building with us. The St. Thomas Indian Orthodox Church meet here to worship God in their own language. Because of this man and what God did through him, then they are here today worshipping with us. You know what? John didn't just leave it there, did he? He didn't just leave us with that great story. He told us why he'd written it. These resurrection appearances, well, they were recorded that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And that's what we have said this morning in the baptism. 
as Jesus said to the disciples as they hid behind the locked door that first evening, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. We are witnesses to Matthew's baptism. We will tell him, we've promised to tell him of his baptism and of all that Jesus has done for him so that he too will come to know it. But we're not just passive witnesses. We're part of the story. We too are sent out by the Father in unity with the Son and in the power of the Spirit. I wonder, dare you believe it? I just want to sort of drill down into that point that Beth, Beth made from John um, chapter 20 and verse 26 where, where Thomas is still there in the room with all those doubts. And I, I just really want to make it abundantly clear that when we say you're welcome here, we mean it. Uh, and you're welcome here whether you've been a Christian for a number of years and, and you know your scriptures and you pray regularly or, or whether you've never, ever, ever turned the pages of the Bible or prayed in your life. We mean it that you're welcome here because we want to be a church where all are welcome regardless of where they are on that faith journey. Because just like Thomas, we believe that, that this is a place where we can share doubts and find answers um, in a safe and generous place. So you might be here today identifying firmly with Thomas. You might be thinking, well, actually, I'm not going to believe until. And that's okay. Uh, but keep coming is the point, because it's when we keep coming, we keep asking the questions and we keep searching out where God is in our lives when we feel distant or doubting of him, that we find that God will reveal himself to us. So come back to this place with all your doubts. Keep asking the questions that you have and feel safe and free from any fear of judgment when you do that. Amen.